0: Podcast that highlights people who are high performers in their own right. And I'm trying to do a better job of saying this because we have these people in our lives that we look up to for various reasons. They cross paths with us for whatever reasons and they're highlighted. But those people didn't just arrive there, they started somewhere. And this conversation today is just going to fall perfectly in that theme. This individual, Dr. Matt Parker, he's an orthopedic, clinical trained physical therapist good friend of mine we actually lived together for a couple of years over in San Diego area both started businesses together individually but we started businesses around the same time frame and we're just focused on on that world I'm um, just kind of a greater call within the profession of physical therapy this guy is a powerhouse in all aspects of the word he is the king of personal development I'll call it that because he is very good at discerning the avenues in which he hopes to grow, but he's a doctor. I mean, what do you expect from a doctor, right? So this is Matt Parker. I'll introduce him here, but metamorphosis, the power of change. We hope that if this story, we think it'll help just one person. doesn't matter where, whether it's on Facebook or whether it's on, you know, iMessage, whatever it is, just share it out with one friend. That's all we ask. Um, I don't plan on promoting this in any sort of way through marketing and direct direct advertising. So we're going to just keep it very simple, very word of mouth, very basic. And we think the value that you get will be exponential. So here is Dr. Matt Parker. Um, You can call him Matt, but Matt, welcome.
1: Ryan, excited to be here. That was a very, very nice intro. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, Excited to be on.
0: Yeah. So this guy here, uh, very excited for his story for the audience, because I've lived through sections of it personally just being his roommate and knowing his headspace and the way he has focused himself and and growing in certain directions and the he's like an arrow you know he has a vector that he hopes to get after and achieve and he's very good at kind of accumulating the knowledge sets needed to be healthy and successful in that route so matt how we format this podcast just for our listeners here. I know we talked briefly about this, but um, I'm gonna let you tell your story, but I'm also gonna first pray us into this conversation, just allow the allow the Lord to kind of work through our talk and and allow us to just highlight things that hopefully are helpful and are, are good at serving our listeners. So uh, if you don't mind, so dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this conversation. We thank you for the technology and the platform. And Lord, we thank you for this man right here, this guy that is just in a place where he is a sharpener and he has the capabilities of just sharpening through his story. And Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you for the listener's ears. And we thank you for all the things that are just going to be taken away from this conversation. We honor, we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. and matt we're just gonna start it off tell your story you know we talked about how you're a pt i know some glimpses into that avenue of your career and wherever you hope to land with that story is completely up to you and i know what you uh you know what i mean by that but tell us where you tell us where you started tell us where you went and tell us where you're going
1: Okay, so uh, my story starts in Southern California. It's where I was born and raised, Orange County, to be a little bit more specific. I will probably start this my sophomore year of high school. I took a sports medicine class. It was through a program called ROP. And the teacher of that class happened to be the athletic trainer of the high school. And it combined kind of two things I really enjoyed. So it was helping people and sports. Love sports, obsessed with sports. Uh, I kind of saw an avenue and opportunity. So like after class, like after a few weeks, I said, Hey, uh, the teacher's name was Mr. Hanson. I said, Mr. Hanson, can I, you know, volunteer after class and like help with a football team, help taping ankles, doing all that kind of stuff. So he was excited. He said, absolutely. And the rest is kind of history, if you will. So I kind of knew I wanted to be in the rehab space, if you will. So when, from uh, high school in Los Al, uh Orange County, to San Diego State University, where I majored in athletic training. And there, again, really enjoyed it, but there was a little bit of something missing. So athletic training is a two-year program. It's your uh, junior and senior year. You take your classes, and then you also work. Uh, you're assigned to the San Diego State uh, Athletics Program, where I worked with rugby, men's soccer. Um, didn't work with football necessarily, but worked with a lot of the men's soccer players, rugby, like I said, women's crew. And as I got into this more, I kind of realized I liked being in the rehab room more so than I liked being out of the games. So athletic trainers, like I have great respect for them. They work very long hours. I knew the lifestyle, like how I wanted to live and I wanted to you know, I did want to generate a little more revenue than what the athletic trainer pay was. So I decided to kind of pivot a little bit to physical therapy. So I made this decision my senior year of college. This is back in 2010, 2011. Holy cow. 12 years ago. And then from there, I uh, took some classes, took a year off, and then I applied to grad school. I got into Western University of Health Sciences out in Pomona, California. I Liked it a lot out there, so enjoyed uh, my time at Western and graduated. And just like everyone else who is a PT, listen to this. I had uh, you know bright eyes and going into the real world, excited to help people, and got my first big kid job. It was based off of a uh, an internship that I, I did during school, and got the job and quickly realized that. Physical therapy and healthcare in the United States, unfortunately, has become more of a numbers game, if you will. So, to elaborate a little bit more on that, Ryan, it's I was seeing probably 20 or 25 patients a day uh, in an eight hour day, right? That's so a patient or two, sometimes three every single hour. Uh, you're doing a large amount of evals. I'm fresh out of school. And about 12 months in, 14 months in, I realized like this is not it because I'm getting burnt out. Uh, we kind of talk about you know, your podcast theme here Ryan. metamorphosis, which is change. I knew I needed to change. So I'm living at Orange County, I'm living at home. Uh, you know, money's pretty good. I'm fresh out of school. I have a large amount of loans uh, that I took out. Didn't really get the financial education to understand the amount of loans I took out. Uh, so that is a little bit of a, a note I will leave with those who are looking into physical therapy. Please understand the financial obligation you are signing yourself up for. I'm not saying you should not be a PT or you should be a PT, I just, you have to factor in the financial portion as well, because I just kind of kept my head down and just said, it'll be, it'll be okay. Um, and I knew I just, I wanted more. I wanted to make more money. I'll be very direct with that. Uh, but I knew first and foremost, I need to get my skills better, Ryan. So year or two, right? I'm, I'm feeling burnt out this first 12 to 18 months. And like the people I am seeing, I'm seeing for a brief amount of time. And I just don't have the the right skill set at this point. School prepares you, semi, but it's not the big leagues in my opinion, right? I wasn't making the change in people's lives I was hoping to. So this kind of led me down to what's known as a residency. So for those that are in the PT world, you know what a residency is. For those that are listening that do not know what a residency is, physicians, it's it's required that you do a residency. As a physical therapist, you can go to PT school, you take a PT license exam, and you can practice, and you don't have to worry about Any residencies, anything along those lines, you just have to make sure you keep renewing your CEUs, also known as continuing education units. So, uh, I knew I wanted to get a residency. I took a pay cut to do a residency. I went back to San Diego where I went to undergrad, um, and I did a residency with Kaiser. Kaiser has a pretty good healthcare system. I'm not here to like crap on Kaiser. Uh, I had a good experience at Kaiser. I learned a lot in a short period of time. So I really value mentorship, Ryan. It's something I value a lot. And in Kaiser's residency program, it was essentially uh, once a week I'd have a mentor or a seasoned physical therapist who's very well educated and has a ton of experience looking over my shoulder. And we'd almost kind of co-treat a patient together. And just having someone saying like, why are you doing this? Let me see your hand pressure, too much, too little. What were you thinking there? Could you have done this? Why'd you do that instead of this? So it forced my my mindset, my skills to grow very quickly. It was wildly uncomfortable. Uh, I will give the cliche that yes, being uncomfortable is kind of where like the growth and the magic happens. But in a very quick period of time, I could pick up. I could feel my skill set improving. So I'm about six to eight months into the residency. The residency is a one year program with Kaiser, and I was noticing a lot of the same that I noticed in my last job at Kaiser. It's seeing a lot of people in a short period of time. Uh, I couldn't follow up with the patients I wanted to. So as opposed to in a traditional clinic, you might see someone once, twice a week. I was seeing people once a month. So when you have that many patients and they're new, I don't know about you, Ryan, I'm very much in the relationship game. I like developing relationships with my patients and like who I want to know who I'm helping. I didn't get that at all at Kaiser. So Again, they're great physical therapists. They do the best they can with what they have. It just wasn't for me. So I'm six to eight months in, and I realized, like, I don't want to go back after this residency and do a outpatient physical therapy clinic. I don't want to apply to a job at Kaiser. So I realized, like, I had to do something different. So the only route I really noticed, Ryan, was, like, I had to do this thing myself. Like, if I was going to figure out... Like the, the like the money I wanted to make, the lifestyle I wanted to live, like I had to go out and figure out business. So this led me to more mentorship. So uh, there's a name very popular in the physical therapy world uh, by the name of Paul Goff. He played a instrumental role of kind of who I am today and just the the purpose of growth, right? Like it's it's so vital. Like if we're not growing, like and we're saying the same, I think life gets very boring and it's not exciting anymore when you're not pushing yourself a little bit in some category of life it doesn't have to be career it might be physical you might be trying to lose weight spiritual better relationships it doesn't really matter but like Mm -hmm. just having kind of like that uh, that growth or that focus goal is kind of something how i've just wired right so so paul goff kind of comes via facebook ad um he has a website which has some of his testimonials on it so On the testimonials, he has a gentleman there by the name of Andrew Vertson and it said Orange County, California. I said, hey, I'm from Orange County, California. I go to Mr. Andrew Vertson's website. I download a report. So this is before I knew the world of email marketing. I didn't know what a drip sequence was. I got an automated email that I thought was really personalized for me. So I download this thing and I was like, oh my God, the jig is up. I'm just going to respond to this email and let him know that, Hey, I'm a, I'm a physical therapist. I'm just interested in business. Like I'm at a residency currently. Um, he actually read the email, Andrew Vertson, by the way, he owns four clinics in Orange County. He does well over a million dollars in revenue every year. Responded to my email. He said, Matt, you know what, let's meet, let's get lunch and let's talk more. So, so that kind of started a new relationship. So with Andrew, it was kind of like a back and forth, if you will, where, we're getting i'm essentially buying his launch every time although like he can obviously afford it that wasn't the goal there right like i wanted to pick his brain i was the one kind of taking value if you will it come, kind of comes back to that theme of mentorship mm-hmm. and he kept giving me more insight more insight and then i you know paul goff came up a topic because paul was growing his uh coaching business at the time and he goes hey paul's having an event in san diego this weekend you should come so Uh, as soon as I heard that, I said, absolutely. I sat in a room with probably 20 or 25 of Paul's first clients. He probably has 140 clients currently. He's coached more than 500, probably closer to a thousand. Um, so I go to this event in San Diego. I sit down in this small hotel meeting room, if you will. I sit in the back. I kind of feel guilty already. All these people paid money to be here. I'm just here because Andrew Verts had invited me. And the things they talked about in this room, Ryan, where they're talking about the world of marketing and self-improvement, like it was like a drug I cannot explain. Like it's like after you go for a long run, you run five, six miles, you get that endorphin high. It was like, I have to be back in this room in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So after after this, I'm just like, I'm on a high and I'm studying, I'm trying to read books in the meantime, Ryan, just about anything. Like self-improvement related, uh, all those kinds of things. And then eventually Andrew contacts me one day and he goes, Hey Matt, and this is right before my residency ends. He goes, Hey, I know a guy in Encinitas. He's got space, uh, to rent for a physical therapist. He's looking to rent it out. I think you should meet him. So of course I say yes. And that's just kind of like early on. I just learned to say yes to a lot of things and it's served me very well. So another kind of theme here going forward, I am meet this gentleman and we talk it, the price was right. And I said, okay, I'm going to figure out this business thing. I'm going to set up shop here in Encinitas. And initially just could not figure out how to get patients in the door. So I wanted to practice physical therapy a little bit different. Ryan, your listeners, Mm -hmm. uh, may have, you know, they may understand the insurance game. I wanted to do the cash thing. I wanted to offer a higher quality service at a higher price. And, you know, help people the way that they should be helped, right? Too many people fall into the cracks of healthcare. I want to actually kind of make a dent in this thing the best I could. So uh, what I didn't realize is like going to physical therapy school and learning skills is one thing. Understanding business is a whole nother beast. So I, this is right around the time I probably met you. I was probably six months into my business, maybe maybe a year. Um, you and I met through a, another physical therapy, uh, kind of personal development group, if you will, you decided that you were going to move to San Diego. We just talked on the phone once and we decided to live to, with one another. Um, I loved it, Ryan, because we didn't have any furniture. We lived in Solana beach which was a super cool area in San Diego, but neither of us had money. I was trying to start my business. You were trying to get going in San Diego and we just try to make it work. And we did, um, you know, we got some free furniture and a free couch, if you recall. So that was nice. And we, figured <laughs> yeah. that we figured out the TV situation. Right. So we kind of plugged away there. But the goal for us, Ryan, was just like, it was very like, hey, we're trying to hustle. Let's work. Let's not worry about girls. Like, let's just let's kind of grind, if you will. Right. So I don't really like the hustle mindset all that much. But at that time, like to get this thing off the ground, like that's what it required. So uh, eventually I realized I need to sign up with Paul Goff's coaching event, I started our coaching service. I started paying for that. And then slowly but surely, Ryan, I started to acquire more skills. And it was first like understanding marketing and understanding uh, messaging and understanding positioning and how to develop a website that spoke to my ideal avatar or my ideal customer. And slowly but surely, I'd have more people interested in my services. And then from there, it transitioned to okay, cool people are coming into my door and I'm figuring out the marketing thing, but oh crap, I don't know how to sell people into cash physical therapy. So it's the next skill set that I have to learn. Right? So sales took a long time. I try to read all the books. I try to be very uh, deliberate about it, creating scripts. Um, It was very uncomfortable because it's really hard. Ryan, like when you, your blood, sweat and tears goes into your business. You have someone that's interested in your service, someone that you know that you can help. And they don't become a patient, it's painful, and it was kind of like one of the big life lessons I took. And it's like, it's when they say no, they're not saying no to you, it's not a shot at you or your character. And I think a lot of people, especially when they start like growing their own business or they're first trying to figure out sales, they get really, uh, really hurt, right? They're emotionally affected by this, it, it messes up their day, it really kind of drags them down. And it dragged me down. I have days, I'm like in a bad mood. Um, But again, I just kind of kept chipping away at it. And slowly but surely, I got a little bit better on the phone. And I got a little bit better at converting people over. And like, just slowly but surely, Ryan, I kind of plugged away and plugged away and plugged away. And then eventually, I looked up and like, I grew a six figure business uh, as a solo provider. And that was kind of the goal. And I did it. And it was I don't know if it's like, I've never been a big pat yourself on the back guy, Ryan, like, it's always been like, what's the next thing. This is probably a defect that I have. Um, I've heard this from other, other friends that, you know, are kind of in the entrepreneur space, if you will, but it's always, what's the next thing, what's the next thing. And just like, I looked up at this thing and happened. And I think people think you're going to build a six figure business or seven figure business, which I haven't done, but like, if you grow this business, like it's going to like fill a hole in you and it's not. Mm. So I think it's a critical part. I think if people listening that are trying to get into the business game are trying to figure out like what they want to do. Like this thing doesn't feel like, you're still going to feel the same, right? Like you have a little bit more money in the account, which is cool. It helps with some of the money problems. Yes. But it's, again, it just, it's not going to solve like some of the core stuff, right? I'm not here to dive into mental therapy. I've been to therapy, uh, talked to a guy for uh, a couple of years, like really, really helpful. So if you feel like you need to talk to someone, highly recommend it. Um, Again, just for me, just I look at it as more mentorship. If I can't solve a problem, I try to read a book on it, or I try to find a source. And if they can teach me and I got to exchange money for that, it's worth it in my opinion, because it it expedites growth, if you will. Yeah. So, and I apologize if I'm not letting you ask any more questions here, but I'm just kind of going through it, if you will. No, this is perfect.
0: No, I I appreciate the insight on all this stuff. And yeah, you do have a lot of little nuances to this whole transition that I want you to get through. So it's perfect. Yeah. So
1: I'm at this point now, or like I, I'm doing I'm, my business, making six figures. I'm taking home about six figures uh, after, you know, revenue versus profit. So uh um, paying myself a salary. So I'm feeling more comfortable, but again, I, I have to keep exchanging time for money, if you will. So uh, fulfillment or actually performing physical therapy, it takes time it takes away from the business. But at the same time, like I was comfortable and kind of the money I was making. And the part I just really enjoyed, Ryan, was actually business. I went from really enjoying physical therapy and my passion almost switched here. Right. So we talk about another metamorphosis, another change. Like I started really falling, falling in love with the sales and marketing part. Marketing is very much like human behavior. It's human psychology. Like for me personally, like that's all kind of really like excites me, if you will. So I loved copywriting. Like, I just wanted to talk about funnels. Like, this is all I wanted to, to do and talk about. And when my physical therapy friends want to talk about physical therapy, I realized I was like falling asleep. Like, I did not want to talk about lumbar joint mobilizations anymore. I want to talk about how to grow businesses. And for me, like, I think business is the ultimate game. It's chess at, you know, 100 miles an hour. It's just, there's so many things that you have to consider and worry about competition and you know like I said marketing sales are you tracking your finances correctly or KPIs uh, operations like there's so many things happening at once and it's challenging it's one of the more challenging things that you'll ever do but uh, I 100% think it's worth it but as I'm going through this I'm also entering a new relationship uh, a girl from my past we kind of reconnected she moved from New York. I won't dive into the details here, Ryan, but I'll, uh, it was not the best of relationships. So I'm at this business. I'm doing doing well. Doing okay, I'd say. But uh, I'm like living with a girl for the first time. I'm trying to figure out this relationship thing. The relationship was not going the way I wanted it to go. And I kept getting this sense, Ryan, where just like, and maybe it's the metamorphosis thing again, where it was the, I knew physical therapy. I was kind of at my limit if you will in regards to like the again coming back to like the lifestyle i wanted and the the profession i was in like i also needed another change here again so i'm in this thing for two three four i'm getting a year three year four i'm dating this girl we're living together it's not going all that great uh you know i'm trying to be the best boyfriend i can she's trying to be the best girlfriend she can but it's just we didn't see eye to eye on values and it just didn't work out the way we hoped so we go kind of through this tough breakup and as I'm kind of going through this breakup, I'm kind of coming to the realization that like revenue wise in my business, like I'm probably as good as it's going to get unless I scale. So scale is a very popular word in the business world. I think it's a dangerous world and you have to understand what that means when you talk about scaling and growing in the, in the PT world being a brick and mortar spot to grow into scale is you have to invest more into a bigger property uh, build outs, and as i was learning more about finance i realized ryan that i i would be cutting into profit margins and it was going to be me sacrificing my 30s and 40s to grow this thing to not make again the money i was hoping to make and i just i keep coming back to money here a little bit ryan just because i think people have to acknowledge it here a little bit more and maybe it's just something i value a bit more it's just kind of personally how i see the world i just think you know to operate in it it just life's problems can lessen a little bit when just there's a comfortable amount of money in the bank account. And I had this large amount of loans. So essentially Ryan, like as this, my relationship's kind of falling apart, my business is kind of staggering, if you will. I come to the realization like I need to get out of this. So this is my relationship and kind of my business, to be honest. So uh, you introduced me as Dr. Matt Parker. I make the joke now, Ryan, is uh, I'm kind of retired as a physical therapist, if you will. The reason for this is i i decided to close up shop and i wanted to do something online i'm still playing with this here a little bit ryan but in the meantime i was like hey i need to change kind of asap here i just broke it up with my girlfriend i'm living in san diego it's not i've kind of i won't say i outlived san diego but it was one where it was like i just knew again needed this change of change of pace change of life so I wanna go into online business. I can't really figure out what I wanna do in online business. So finally, like with uh, another mentor of mine, again, back to the theme here, I kind of make the decision like, hey, I'm gonna work at a marketing agency because I love marketing and kind of wait and figure it out. And as I'm figuring it out, I might as well learn marketing at a very high level. So I decided to apply Ryan to marketing agencies in three different locations. I applied to places in San Diego. I applied to places in like the Orange County, LA area where I'm from. And the last place was Austin, Texas. So uh, I applied to Austin because I have a good friend out here. He's been trying to get me to move out here for years. I've always enjoyed loving visit Austin. I watched him get married out here. I visited multiple times and the applications all went out for these three marketing agencies. And the only ones that got back to me were the ones based in Austin, Texas. So I had two interviews. First one didn't go well. Second one said, yep we want you. Uh, when can you start? So, uh, so yeah, that was kind of scary, Ryan. It was kind of going through the, like, am I making the right decision here? Like I spent, you know, 10 years of my life with athletic training, and physical therapy at this point to make this huge change. Right. And I just kind of knew it was what was best for me. And I knew, I knew I wanted to be in the business world that can, cause again, my passion kind of, kind of switched the podcast. I was listening to The books I was reading were all business related. There were nothing to do with physical therapy. So I kind of knew I wanted that change. So I closed up shop. Uh, It was a difficult process saying goodbye to patients, saying goodbye to friends, saying goodbye to family. Uh, But I just knew for me personally, like my journey needed to move out here. Um, uh, Since then, I've moved to Austin, Texas. That was I got here on July the 31st of 2022, working at the marketing agency. I am there working currently, Um, but again, I have the itch to do something different. So it's just like constant wanting to change, resetting goals, Ryan, kind of what works best. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So I've been at this agency for about nine months. It'll be a year in July. And at the current moment, like I just, I enjoy putting out content. I've gotten really into writing. So when I uh, had a clinic, I did write a book, uh, Aging Smarter. Uh, I kind of, the process was arduous, if you will. And it was tough. And you were there with me as I was writing throughout that process. And I posted notes all over my, my closet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I knew I wanted to kind of write. So I kind of started a newsletter. I've been writing for fun and just kind of getting more in the creative mindset. Um, in the meantime, I started another marketing type business where I'm running ads for, uh, physical therapy clinic, as well as a friend who just launched a newsletter for entrepreneurs, actually. So if you want to use um, AI tools for your business, and especially if like you're a one-person business or a content creator, um, they're great. greatrobot.ai, I will call it out. So I'm growing his uh, newsletter with Facebook ads. So it's been really fun, Ryan. So uh, yeah. I'm loving Austin out here. And that's kind of my story in a nutshell, if you will. I'm still figuring it out. I don't, I don't know, you think you figure something out and then you realize that you don't really have anything figured out. And it's just kind of that ongoing process back and forth. And right now, just uh, enjoying writing, enjoying uh, this like side business I have and just, uh, yeah, enjoying pickleball out here in Austin, Texas and <laughs> trying, to, uh, trying to find myself a little bit more, Ryan, if you will.
0: Amazing. Yeah, man. And thank you for the vulnerability and the self-awareness, I guess is kind of the word that sticks out to me. Um, and you've always been a goal setter and you and I used to spitball on this a little bit, but goals are important, right? But we've also talked about your like transitions and your story. And it's not that you wasted 10 years and you'll agree with me on this, but it's not that they wasted 10 years, but it's almost like through the intention during that 10 years and focusing on those goals, you found things out. And one of our mentors would always say like, It's not like necessarily what you know about yourself. Sometimes it's finding out what you don't know about yourself um, that kind of leads you in the right direction. And I think it was Greg Todd that kind of talked about that. But yeah, goals, I mean, it's good to have a bullseye to shoot at. But as you're doing that, I've always uh, marveled at you because you, you are someone that is very good at looking at variables. And while you're pursuing that goal and while you're being intentional at that goal, you're still self-aware. You're still looking at what is known and what is unknown and, and how that is all going to pan out. Um, and I've learned a lot from that process in you, but I want to segue a little bit in the next section here, because I want to pick out a couple things you were talking about. So, um, you talked about athletic training, you know, being that two-year program and you talked about the lifestyle you were looking after. And that is a common thread, a lifestyle in PT, a lifestyle in business ownership, a lifestyle in your life, you know, like in not just spending a total amount of time on your business and, and the scalability of it. And that's a variable that I full transparency focused on as well when I was thinking about growing my practice in San Diego was the scalability of it. What is the, what is the market, calling for? And am I willing to, like you said, put myself in that place where if I'm 35 and working on this thing, will I be satisfied with it? And so lifestyle, um, I want to ask you for our listeners out there, I guess from what you've learned, um, for people that are looking for that lifestyle, you talked a lot about finances. You talked a lot about uh, you know, how money is a tool and I would agree. I think money is a a leveraging tool for your time. And the more I live, the more I learn that, that my hour is not, uh, you know, it's not valuable to me. It's invaluable. Right. Mm -hmm. And so kind of treating it like that. But what do you say to those people out there that are kind of looking for, I guess, two different ways, piece in two different ways. So financial pieces to kind of fill in the back end of what they're looking at as far as lifestyle And then peace, so like having peace financially. You've been through some, people would say perceptually stressful times. And we lived together when we were spending a lot of time being very frugal because we were investing in foundational skills. Mm -hmm. So I guess like what is your framework for financial peace and financial peace?
1: So I I will say this is a do as I say, not as I do. And like looking back, if I were to look back and do it all over again, it would be working backwards, right? So I think too many people, especially like that want to start their own businesses, they kind of get a good idea. They start a business and then they just, the business ends up running them. They're not running their business. And what I mean by that is that people, they they don't really have a goal in regards to, we talked about goals here a little bit, like they just want to grow, 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 grow. But when is it enough, right? So Ryan, I you and I have worked with, wealthy people and we've worked with very unhappy, wealthy people. And we worked with very happy ones. And my impression of the difference is like the people that are more happy and satisfied, kind of, they wanted a lifestyle and they worked backwards, right? So they said, I only want to work X hours a week, or I want to make X amount of money. Um, I want to be able to spend time with my family. Right. So they kind of figure out the lifestyle and they build the business around it, as opposed to building your lifestyle around your business. And that's probably like looking back is something I wish I did a little bit differently. So I just did everything I could. I fed everything into the business. I let relationships kind of fall out of to the wayside. And looking back, I, I wish I went the other way with it and said, OK, cool. Like this is kind of what I want my dream day to look like. This is what I want to wake up. This is what I want to work. This is what I want to work on, who I want to work with. And then, you know, this is the kind of the money I'm shooting to make and then work backwards from there. So that would be the the biggest takeaway. I would talk about lifestyle is like design the lifestyle you want first and you might not have it perfect. Right. So just figuring out like, what does that look like? And then working backwards from there.
0: That's exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted you to hit at because it's, it's um it's a very humbling thing. I guess when you put yourself in the place of like what it'll take and it's, you're never going to know all the steps. You're never going to know all the nuances, but no. are, honestly asking yourself, are you going to be happy? And I, yeah, you had me reflecting on a couple of people I've chatted with, and when we were in the early stages too about kind of fitting it all in, right? And yeah, it's very profound to do that, and it kind of puts you in your place very, very quickly because a lot of our listeners might be in a place where they are understanding they're not truly satisfied with what their day looks like, but we're in control of that and this is a podcast that focuses on pivots, focuses on transitions and empowering people through those things because they're normal and they're common. Right. And you just said that, you just said we have, you know, these moments and it takes kind of diving at something to learn a little bit more and learn a little bit more and, and make that next step and make that next pivot. But um, yeah, very, very profound stuff, man. I, I really appreciate uh, the insight on that. The, the other thing I wanted to, ta- uh, to talk about with you is something i think you really do well which is kind of a framework for growing and a framework for um, pursuit of something um prioritizing being intentional and putting the foundations in place i think you've kind of talked about pivots but you've actually pivoted with the the knowledge that hey like i've invested in this time i have this foundation now i now is the right time to pivot Because of investing in growth too. So like talk to our listeners about that. Maybe some people that are new to kind of understanding a growth mindset or are kind of unfamiliar with what it takes to kind of invest in the, invest in the self.
1: Yeah. So it's going to sound paradoxical what I say here next. So the, I'm a creature of routine and I like routine because I feel like it gives me control. And when you talk about growth, a lot of people tell you like, Hey, like uh, in order to grow, you have to kind of let go of control. And I would argue like yes and no. So with me in routine, it's my my thing's very set by like my daily goals, my daily habits, if you will. So I'm very regimented in regards to like how I operate. It just works for me. Am I saying does has have to work for you? It does not. But for example, uh, I go to bed every night between 9 and 9.30 p.m. I came to a realization in my 20s that I don't do anything productive after 9.30 p.m. on a weeknight. Uh, I'm just up on Netflix or my phone and I can get quality sleep and I can start my day sooner. So I'm very much a morning person. So my day usually starts with, uh, wake up. I'll either write or work a little bit on a side project that I'm working on for uh, an hour or two. And then, um, that's from like five to 7am. And then from there, I'm usually in the gym. So gym wise, also very regimented. I follow a program that, uh, i'll find a program online and i just do everything i can to stick to that program and what i do is i document everything right so i have a little spiral bound notebook and a pen i go i have my my program written down i lift the weights i document how much did i lift and how many reps that i lift it for and when i look back you can see the kind of the journey through this like little notebook that i have ryan of like where i started and where i'm going now right so and i'm starting to deadlift more weight and squat more weight and and it can be monotonous but like it just I get a lot of peace inside the gym. So um, again, routine, really, really big for me. So, uh, but just like making your schedule a day before, a week before, like, Hey, I'm going to work on X, Y, and Z uh, during this time. Do I always execute on the time? I do not. I'm a huge procrastinator. Things fall to the wayside all the time. Uh, It's something where focus and attention can always be improved, but I've achieved some of the goals I have because of the routine and because of just like controlling my schedule, the best of my ability.
0: So I guess if someone was searching for that for them, where would you tell them to start?
1: So you can start with the book. So there's Atomic Habits is the popular one out there. So uh, you can, he's going to break it down. James Clear is the author of that book. But essentially like where it starts is what kind of with your identity, right? So most people, you know, I tell them I go to bed at nine, I wake up at five. And the first thing I always respond with is I can never do that. Well, like you've already lost. So yeah. Right. It's like you're if you're subconsciously and consciously already saying and shutting it down. Right. It's a Henry Ford quote, like those who, yeah. those who believe they can and those who believe they can't are usually both usually right. right? Yeah. So it's one of those things like at the core level, it's an identity change. Like, can I act like the person who gets up early? Right. So if you're going to bed at 11 o'clock or midnight, like the goal is what I usually see is people make too big of a change too soon. They try to go mm-hmm. from, especially when I was on my weight loss journey, like throughout uh, high school and college. They go from like, hey, I want to weigh 220 pounds, and I'm just like, I'm gonna go and try to weigh 190, right? Well, like the goal should really be like, can I get from 220 to 218, right? You want to do like these small, bite-sized type things. If you go to bed at midnight, can you start going to bed at 11:30 or 11:45, right? Where the change is so small you can't really feel it. It's that one percent, that Kaizen principle, right? It's that Japanese principle just being one percent better every day, but like. That's where i started it's so painfully dumb and so painfully simple that no one does it yeah right so that that's where i feel like people kind of miss the boat uh having accountability helps if you're someone that can be open to it because i've had some people that like hey cool hold me accountable and then you call somebody out and then they get their ego gets in the way right and they you know they let their goals go to the wayside so it's it starts first at the identity Right. And then just trying to make smaller changes and then let the small changes grow over time because it, it it'll be exponential before you know it. Like you're waking up early, you're controlling more of your life, you're going to the gym the way you want to, you're showing up the way you want to in the world. Uh, that's the the recommendation I'd give people.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, and to be honest, man, I I look back at our time in that uh, in that apartment, you know, really spending the days investing in business and investing in knowledge and investing in physical health, investing in routine and habits. And for our listeners out there, that time is never wasted. Even if you procrastinate, even if you miss a day, um, what Matt said there about adding too many things to your plate at the same time is I think a very honest and realistic way that a lot of people need to realize how this works. Um, there are a lot of people that want to make drastic, vast changes that are such a far place away from where they are currently. And it's not that that far place is unachievable, but it's that to do it in a sustainable way, it often takes those small changes, like you said about the Kaizen principle, those 1% things that we can do to allow ourselves to better endure the uncomfortability and the process and the journey, uh, which are the cliche, uh, you know, words that people use nowadays, but, uh, adding too much at once can also be a deterrent and it can be unhelpful. Yeah. And I would learn t- that myself as well.
1: I would say there's a, there's another James clear, uh, thing I learned. It's called four burners theory, right? So essentially like what you mentioned there earlier, I want to piggyback on is the it's picking one category, right? To try to prove all, 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 phases of life at the same time is really, really difficult, right? So we talk about four burners theory. It's your personal life, your career, um, your relationships and your health, right? So you have four burners and you have 100 watts of uh, coming from the wall going into these four burners. Now, what most people do is they try to burn 25 watts on each of these burners. Right. You're doing a little bit of personal, a little bit of career, a little bit of, of relationship. If you really want to see the changes and you want to be a higher performer in one of those categories, you're going to turn the temperature up and increase the wattage of one of the burners, but you're going to have to turn it down a little bit in another one. So if you want to in- invest more time in your relationship and your wife, that's totally fine, but that may come at the cost of the career in the business a little bit. Yeah. If you want to invest in the health part of it, it may come at your career a little bit, right? So there's something to factor in and something I really enjoyed a lot. And just like, because I think people try to do, they try to turn all the burners on as high as they can Really, really difficult to do. It's just it's a uh, it's on a quick route to to burnout, if you will. So something I don't enjoy. I'd rather focus on one category of life before I try to focus on something else.
0: Yeah, and two things. So like when I was, and this is exactly right because when I was moving here, I um, from San Diego to Honolulu. There's all sorts of factors involved, right? There's there's a job. I have to have a sustainable income. I have to have a place to stay. I have to figure out the transportation situation, being on an Island, it's a little bit logistically complicated. Um, but if I think about all those factors at once and put all my energy into all those things at once, I'm going to deter myself from actually doing it. Um, if I, I often say to myself, looking back at that journey and transitioning, if I would have known what it would have taken, I wouldn't have done it. And if, if like, anybody is thinking that about their situation, like, oh man, like I feel like there's a lot of things going on. I think the most valuable takeaway we can have is what is the first thing that I can do? What can I prioritize first? And then what can I, uh, you know, what can I chip away at that's most important right now? And then take those baby steps because the rest of it will come in your face and you'll have to address it and you'll have to deal with it. But it does take Action and it does take also encouraging yourself. You've been through enough transitions to know that those little wins, you got to give yourself a little pat on the back, a little a little dap. Um, you got to give yourself that little celebratory whatever. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's it's psychological, right? But it I think it should be. I, I feel like it should be. Um another thing too is you know, as you're making and you've experienced this multiple times now, but as you're making those shifts. I, I think a lot of the younger generations and even our generation focuses too much on what other people are doing. And I've been, I've been, a, a, I've been privy to this as well. You we focus too much on what other people are doing and analyzing what other people's uh, achievements and success and pedestals look like. But it doesn't necessarily mean that their victories are supposed to be our victories. I think we're supposed to redefine ourselves. I, I firmly believe that we are on the cutting edge of your journey right now. And I think that you're, we're going to come back on this podcast in five years from now. And you're going to be like, yep, that's you. You're setting the groundwork and you're, and you're, you're digging the trenches and you're digging the, the, you're, you're driving home the rivets to create that foundation for what, as I believe the next step of your career, because a lot of that stuff that you've done before is not wasted. It's just kind of, it's trench work. It's, it's, it's your skin in the game. Correct. Um, but, but I, I say this because as we look at other people's journeys, it doesn't necessarily mean that's our mentor or that's our mentorship, or that's who we should look up to. I mean, I, I have aspirations in, in fitness and performance, but it doesn't mean that everybody who's in that space and, and the achievements that they have, for example, are their uh, are the pinnacles of where we're going to end up. I think it's going to look completely unique and completely different and every one of us. Um, would you talk to our listeners a little bit about mentorship? I mean, like, I, I don't know if any of the stuff that I just said, you, you have any any uh, any things that you want to remark upon? Uh,
1: I got a few. So I will start with, you just mentioned mentorship. So I, I like mentorship a lot just because I think it starts, like, or sorry for me at least, like in like the the physical therapy world, like where I worked with a lot of patients who were older that just had a lot more life advice, right? they have they've been through life, they have much more wisdom than I do. So if you shut up and listen and actually like take in what they're saying, like you're gonna learn a lot from that, right? So I just people have made mistakes, and if I can avoid those mistakes and get to where I want to go faster, like why would I not sign up for mentorship in some capacity, right? Coaching, mentors write books, right? biographies. You can read people that have passed away and they could be a mentor, right? Because they can still walk through like the mistakes they made and you're still going to make your own mistakes. It's just a part of life and part of the human existence. But yeah. I think I think you can get a lot from mentorship and I think you can grow more into the person you want to be with mentorship. You still have to go through the experience part of it and you'll have your own experiences and then you get to pass that down. And you know, I think a lot of people get worried about like when they're first marketing things like that that hey someone else is talking about the same things i am but you're not right because you're your own human being and your own person like you're going to say something in the way that you like to say it it's going to resonate better with someone as opposed to someone else is saying something similar right they're going to have their own audience that something resonates with so i wouldn't be discouraged by that i know i'm uh going off a tangent here but that would be uh my big thing there The other thing I want to touch base on uh, you mentioned earlier, and I want to bring back a people worry about the comparison thing. Like I very much like this. I don't even know if Winston Churchill said it. I quote Winston Churchill because there's like a Winston Churchill effect where any quote that's not that no one knows where it's attributed to goes to Socrates or Winston Churchill. But essentially the quote (laughs) goes something like this. When you're, when you're 20 years old, you hope no one looks at you. When you're 40 years old, you don't give a shit if anyone looks at you. And if when you're 60 years old, you realize that nobody was looking at you in the first place, right? And I just think, like, Alex Armosi talks about this a little bit. is like, when you die, right, the people that are talking shit about you, the people that are leaving crappy comments, right, like, they're not going to be at your funeral. It's not going to matter. Like, when it's all said and done and you're on your deathbed, it does not matter, right? Mm -hmm. So something, I'm a very big fan of stoicism, Ryan. So I know you and I have read that a lot. I know Ryan Holiday has a lot of stuff on that. I'm not as big a fan of Ryan Holiday. I'd rather just go straight to the source. Marcus Aurelius Meditations had made a huge impact me impact on me in regards to just kind of how I see the world. I also, Ryan recently bought, I haven't told you this yet, uh, a poster that's called 4,000 weeks. And essentially it's got a dot for every week of life for an 88 year old person. And it's got 34 years and nine months or six months of dots filled. And all I have left are the white dots on this chart, Ryan. Every Sunday I wake up and I put a Sharpie in in one of these dots. All I have left of life is those white dots. Mm. If I'm lucky, I'll make 88, right? So it just, it reminds you very quickly, like what matters, what doesn't matter. Like your boss is talking shit at work. I apologize for cussing, by the way. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, you're having a hard time, like, you know, with the minuscule stuff, you get a flat tire, like the things that happen in life, right? Like it'll pass. And when you're on your deathbed and you're 85, 88 years old, and you're looking back, like, is the problem you're facing today going to be something that goes, flashes across your eyes when your life ends? It's not. 99%, 99% of the time, it will not. So it's just a way of like looking at the world. Like you can only control things you can control, right? Like you don't wake up and yell at, at the clouds or it raining, right? You just, you kind of go and you deal with it. You do the best you can and just like you carry your attitude around and uh, you kind of hope for the best, right? So then we talk about the control and the growth thing. And like, this is the part where it's, you got to let go of some control and you're just figuring it out and doing the best you can. And life's going to punch you in the mouth. And are you going to get back up and try it again?
0: Yeah, that's yeah. Super duper good, man. I, uh, I do like uh the perspective that Marcus Aurelius gives in life. Um I love the, I love the 4,000 weeks thing too. And I think that's a really strong framework for perspective, but in the same regard too, it's a strong framework in like allowing yourself to be yourself and learn through practice, what your strengths are and developing those strengths. And then also learning, you know, weaknesses, things that are kind of your fences and your guardrails, so to speak. And as you, I, this is kind of what I call like the, the tension relationship because as you pursue the things that are growing you and stretching you, I believe there's a tension there. And as you look at your life and maybe the rest of those white dots that are left every day, trying to take steps in the direction of developing who you are and who you're meant to be and your unique giftings and finding out first what those unique giftings are and then sharpening them and then finding people in your life that are going to help you develop them through their experiences and give you shortcuts and grant you wisdom and build, build those relationships. And then in the same regard too like being relentless in that pursuit and having uncomfortability almost in every moment, but giving yourself those little pats on the back and those little daps, as I said, because you're pursuing that. It's, it's almost like it's the it's the natural good stress that you get from, pursuit of something greater than where you are currently and not because it's comfortable. Um, I felt that when I was growing my business in San Diego, that has been a natural thing for me as I've kind of pivoted, like you said, into those those different buckets of life and pivoted more into the family, uh, marriage, and 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 building that side of things now as I kind of take the back burner on those entrepreneurial endeavors of, of helping people and and nurturing an environment where I can I can create change in a vast majority of the population I hope to serve, um, I I gotta feel okay with a little bit of that tension. You know that place of I know I'm coming from somewhere. I know I'm going somewhere else. But how do I build? How do I build? How do I create? How do I get better? How do I sharpen? And I think you're an excellent example of that from your story. I'm, I'm telling our listeners here first in five years, we're going to look back on this conversation. I'll be like, I'm so grateful I had this guy on because it's hard to get a hold of him now because of everything great and adventurous he's doing in the marketplace. Um, I'm honored. But yeah, man, it's, 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 uh, it's not up to us what is happening to other people as well. And I think if anything takeaways from this conversation, it's on first, lifestyle is important. And our ideal lifestyle, I think is very important. I think that's the framework for how all things can be based. Um, you've you've mentioned that from your story, but I can second that because I wrote down before I started my business, all the things I wanted to do in my week. And I ended up getting to that place because I had a direction to work towards. So I don't know who's out there listening, but Matt is an example of that. I just get, told you I, I did the same thing because of his guidance and it worked. So I don't know who's out there who needs to look and see what that ideal lifestyle is and, and give themselves an honest reflection on where they are and where they hope to go and get to work, you know, first and foremost, because the rest of it will take care of itself because of our creativity, because of our giftings. And if we find out from Matt's story that we need to transition and we need to pivot, I mean, shoot, this story itself is five examples on how that's possible and how that works. And for those people telling themselves it's not possible, it's possible. I mean, I, I forgot to mention the author part. Shoot, man. But this guy would write from 4 to 6 a.m. in the morning, work out, run 10 miles, come back, treat clients 8 to 4, and then come home and do the back end of his business in those early stages of growing your business. And that—that that is sometimes what it takes, that, that uncomfortable season. But even through that uncomfortable season, you found some things that you know about yourself. You found that you like marketing more than anything. You found that you listen to business more than anything. And you found that your passions and your purposes have almost expanded and exponentiated past the world of physical therapy. And I think that's a tremendous thing to learn. But uh, what other parting thoughts, I guess, for, for our listeners out there do you have in regards to uh, their journey, whether they're going through a transition or whether they're just looking for that next step?
1: i will leave a a bit of a warning which i know sounds morose after this wonderful conversation that we had i would be careful with something i call i I don't call it that but it's something called mental masturbation so you said a lot of kind things about me ryan again i'm honored and i'm flattered What i think i got caught in a lot in my in my 20s and starting the business was like you're trying to consume more and i was reading all the books and listening to the podcast i mean you're taking advice from so many different places you just think You need more advice and you need more things and just you're you're just trying to consume all the information like you don't need all the information like go try stuff it's the the biggest thing for me is like i've been trying to transition to more to being a creator versus a consumer it's the biggest thing i can leave with you guys is like yes you can read a book here and there but more than anything go try some stuff and when you fail and you fall on your face then go get the mentor then go read the book on it right but attempt some things, right? Write something. If you're better on video, make a video. Like if you're, uh, yeah, just go put yourself out there into the world. Like you're fearful right now of like what people are going to think. To be honest, like when you're first starting out, no one's going to see what you're writing. No one's going to see on video. It's just the, the, the natural part of it. It's this hilarious, like, again, comes back to a paradox. Like you want all this following and all this attraction, but you're super concerned about everyone's opinion. Yeah. Right. Get good when no one's looking. And then as you get better, you'll start getting more traction.
0: Yeah. Wow. Super good. Um, and yeah, I would agree. I call it tinkering. That's kind of the word I've adapted, but I, I call it tinkering and, and in, you know, physical therapy is a lot of ways to tinker, but if you start to learn you like something outside of that, you got to try it out to see if you actually truly like what that has to give to your life, to be honest. And it's not to do so without discernment without awareness. Um, and it, and i say this all the time too but you're not called to be like matt and myself you're not called to do exactly what matt is doing necessarily i mean you might be but probably not you're probably called to do something unique to you sometimes that means staying put sometimes that doesn't mean doing the the sexy thing and the attractive thing and moving away and 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 sometimes it doesn't mean just abandoning ship and jumping ship and 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 yeah it it, it doesn't that's that's unrealistic and I think if anything from your conversation you're exactly right and it doesn't add morose at all but being realistic and honest with yourself not just consuming but creating putting yourself out there trying things creating rifts in the actual world I think are really really important building relationships in the actual world and the people that need interaction from you I think that's incredibly incredibly important but Matt, man, thank you for having, uh, having this conversation with us on this podcast and where can people find you? Um, I'll go ahead and shout out your newsletter that you've been putting out that I really appreciate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that'd be the best place to find me. So, uh, my newsletter, you can go to mattparker.com. I spell Matt with one T. So that's M-A-T-P-A-R-K-E-R.com. And you can also follow along with with my journey on Instagram. at at underscore Matt Parker, again, with one T uh, underscore M-A-T-P-A-R-K-E-R.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thanks for hopping on. Enjoy Texas. Um, And for all our listeners out there, Metamorphosis, the power of change. These are stories that will hopefully encourage you, empower you and allow you to have the functional tools to take that next step if we're going through a change and pivot. It's a normal thing. But if you appreciate this podcast, share it out and we love you all. See you next time. Take care. We ask if this provided value to you, please share this audio with someone you think could benefit from listening. Also, what would help is if you can leave a quick review on any platform you're consuming this content. We appreciate your support.
1: And if you're interested, follow us on social media at meta underscore power of change.